Hey, uh, we've been talking together last week and this week about this idea that uh, your and my job in this world is to make Jesus famous, that it's as if uh, when Jesus finishes His ministry, that He turns to His disciples and He says to them, look, it's your turn now. Everything you've been seeing me do, everything that my life has been about, go, go take this tell everybody you possibly can, and that you and I now live in that moment when this is our generation. This is our moment to take the ball, so to speak, and to go and make Jesus famous uh, wherever we possibly can. Matter of fact, Jesus said it this way. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. You and I have this incredible invitation to join Jesus uh, in telling this remarkable story. And guys, here's the deal. This story is the life changer. This is, this is the one that takes broken people and brings hope. It takes frustrated people and says there are answers uh, for you and for life. But more importantly, this story holds heaven and hell in the balance. It's all about a remarkable Savior who comes to this earth, about making Him famous. And Jesus said, look, there's kind of two steps to this. One is you, you've got to tell everybody that I've put in your purview, everybody that you have the chance to influence, your aunts, your uncles, your neighbors, your coworkers, the kids at school, with what you know uh, about me. And guys, here's the deal. I, I, know, uh, I know I'm talking to the choir because this church is all about having, making Jesus famous. You guys have given and supported and This is the church that buys billboards on the 202 and sends tens of thousands of mailers out all through this uh, community, puts ads in movie theaters to make Jesus famous. You guys have defaced your cars with cornerstone stickers so that Jesus would be famous. Hundreds of you come on Second Saturday and go out in our community and mow lawns and paint houses just in the hope that you have the opportunity to reflect and say something about Jesus to our city. And here's what you need to know. Jesus is known in this community and Jesus is being made famous because of a church called Cornerstone and because of what you guys are doing. There's a second shoe down and Jesus said, not only do you have to tell it, you've got to be willing to live it. And it's this whole idea of everything that I have commanded you, you've got to give them. And, and you've got to teach them how to live that way. And you've got to help them grow up and mature in their faith so that they live, so that you live such remarkable Christ-like lives that you look so much like Jesus to your neighbors and your coworkers that even though they've never met Jesus, they feel like they have because they saw so much Jesus in you. And, and you and I have, have just absolutely committed ourselves, and I think we're getting better at this growing up into Jesus and looking more and more like Him, so that even though they haven't met Him, they feel like they've seen Him because they've hung around with you and me. Now, the kicker came uh, in that passage when it said, this isn't just Chandler that you and I are responsible for. It's not just your coworker and your neighbor and your relative and mine, but he says, You've got to make Jesus famous to all nations. 
And in that moment, all of a sudden, you and I go, okay, this is bigger than us. This is bigger than Cornerstone. This is bigger than we can do by ourselves. And so we talked last week about this idea of strategic partners, of finding people who were just as committed to this, just as sold out to making Jesus famous wherever they were as we were uh, in Chandler, and saying, look, we get it. We get that we have resources. We get that God has given us stuff. We, we live in America, and there's got to be a reason that so much has been trusted to our hands. And what if we leverage that into ministries on the other side of the world that don't have that resource but are committed to making Jesus famous? And we, we talked last week with Mama Sapora. I mean, just a remarkable woman uh, leading an orphanage of 150 orphans with the absolute mission to say, I am going to raise up young boys, young girls to be fully devoted followers of Christ that when they step out, they will be the future Christian leaders of our country, and they will change Kenya for God. I mean, that's big-time stuff. And today, uh, we're going to have a chance to talk to Suresh, who uh, leads Harvest India. And guys, I just can't even tell you the magnitude of what God is doing with this man and how you and I have the opportunity to partner with him and to make Jesus famous in India because you and I have leveraged into Harvest India. Now, here's the deal. I, got to, I, I had the chance to go there last January, and my first, my first impression, I was totally wrong about what was going on. I, I got there, and, and I watched, and uh, within the first day, uh, Suresh took like 10 phone calls. And he'd be going, and, and there'd be the assistants holding phones up to his ear while he was eating, and I thought, okay, so this is just another typical national who, who doesn't know how to delegate, doesn't know how to give away leadership and responsibility. I could not have been more wrong uh, as I watched the rest of the week unfold and began to see what God has trusted and given to Harvest India. It is unbelievable. It is massive in scope. It is huge what God is doing. And for one man to be at the top leading and to only take 10 phone calls, he is an out-of-the-box, extraordinary, uh, top-tier leader. And I just want to have a chance to share that story with you, for you to see what God is doing there, and then just to say, would God want to leverage you and me to do even more uh, in India? Would some of us maybe want to go? Would we want to be more generous? Would we at least want to pray for what God is doing there in India? So here's the deal. we got a short video we're going to show you, and then I want you to help me welcome Suresh uh, to the stage. But here's the video. The nation of India has some of the greatest needs in our world today. Due to an oppressive religion, more and more people are cast out of society and kept from a future of hope. Daily, more than 330 million gods are worshipped by a population of over 1.2 billion people. Only 2.5% are Christians. These statistics have faces. Faces that we have the opportunity to impact by partnering with Harvest India. This is a story of hope, brought to the hopeless in a time of great need. A story of how Christ's compassion is transforming India's Dalit population. A few years ago, Sujata came to me in need of work. Her husband had died of AIDS, and she and her small child had no other place to go. We hired her 
as staff on our campus to help clean the grounds and we gladly accepted her daughter Shravani to join our children's home giving the opportunity to work and provide for her child as simple way that we could meet Sujata needs even as aids ravages Sujata's earthly body and she can no longer serve in her role at Harvest India she is loved cared for and continually ministered to in Harvest India's AIDS hospice. Her daughter, Sravani, continues to thrive in a safe place that provides the education that will empower her to rise above the walls India's society has placed around the Dali caste. Through Harvest India, both Sujata and Sravani have encountered Jesus and the boundless love he freely gives. While life in India is still very hard, there is joy in knowing that death has lost its sting and Jesus is alive and active in their lives. Under the continued care of Harvest India, Sravani's future shines bright. Her dream is to make a difference for the children in India who have not been able to find refuge as she did. I have been watching how God is bringing peace, joy, and happiness to these precious children. And I am so thankful for the faithful partners investing in these lives. We ask that you would continue to partner with us as we join what God is doing in India. It is through your giving and the power of holy spirit that a way is created for lives to be transformed <laughs> stand with Harvest India as they stand with the millions just like Sujata and Sravani they are a reminder that God's hands are continually outstretched to those in need through the church through me hmm. I I don't know if you caught the whole just the video or not it it starts here that everything that's going on in Harvest India happens because you and I are willing to leverage our resource into the ministry going there. And guys, I'm just telling you, we last couple, last Thursday we handed a Suresh a check for $79,000 toward the ministry. I'm hoping that's a drop in the bucket. I'm hoping that's only a fraction of the generosity that you and I will have eventually to leverage into what's going on in India. I can't wait for you to hear all that God is using this ministry to do and that you and I would leverage to make Jesus famous in India. Hey, do me a favor, welcome Suresh to the stage right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so Suresh, I got to be, you know, I, I think you've heard that by now, but uh, I get to India, I'm sitting there that first day, I'm watching you take phone call after phone call, I'm going, okay, this guy just doesn't understand delegation. Uh, he doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, and then I began to see the scope, and I, I, just have, I just have to tell you, I am floored 
at the leadership you're providing, the idea that you, that all of this is happening and, and you took only 10 phone calls. I mean, just, you are an amazing leader. It, it makes sense and you get why God has trusted you. But thank, thank, you. thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in India. Thank you for what you're doing on behalf of us, but mostly what you're doing on behalf of making Jesus famous. Thank you very much, um, Conestone, and thank you, each one of you, uh, because of your faithfulness, your um, generosity, and your love is enable us to do much more work in India. Without you, we can do nothing. Thank you so much to each one of you, and especially thank you, Pastor Lynn, and uh, all the teams who've been to India. And I'm very thankful to God for Cornerstone. Okay, I, I, I want all of us to get the scope, though, of what's happening there right now in this incredible opportunity we have to be partnered with you. But to get that, I, I think we've got to kind of back the story up, okay? Mm -hmm. And so you, you actually were raised in an orphanage. Yes, I do. So tell us about that. I was uh, raised in an orphan children home because when I was very little, I lost my father. So at the same time, uh, my mother was called by God. My mom was a staff nurse in a a good um, hospital in India, and when God called my mother, my mother left her job, and she started to proclaim the gospel, and uh, there was no place for me and for my brother, so that is only the place that uh, we can go, and uh, uh, we will have shelter and food, and uh, that's why my mom left in the children's home, and she used to come and watch us once a month, and uh, that is the way that uh, I brought up. But the great news is, when I was uh, seven years old, I met the Lord Jesus Christ, which is an amazing thing. And uh, the Lord is used my mother. And I seen the problems in the ministry when my mom is preaching the gospel. Even my own family have neglected uh, me and my brother and my mother. Nobody cares. But the Lord have been faithful to us. Hmm. Okay, so I, I, I want everyone to get, you grew up in an orphanage because your mom felt called to ministry. Yes. And so as she went off as a single woman to do ministry, she put you and your brother in an orphanage. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, Suresh, I just want to tell you, I, 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 I think that's hard for us to get our heads around. And I, uh, I just got to tell you that, that I would be angry out of my mind if my mom had put me in an orphanage. I'd be angry at her. I'd be angry at God. For calling her into ministry, uh, and I think you said you were. You, yes, you I were do mad. have. The, I do have the same feeling. I same feeling. I'm. I was angry with my mom. I was angry with God. I was angry. The place I was, and uh, my whole desire is uh, uh, to be a successful businessman. I don't want to do anything with Jesus and the ministry. I don't want to do anything with God. And all I want, I want to be a, a rich man in Indian society. Okay, so that's why I studied. Yes. So you're in the orphanage. You're going. Okay, so my mom has left me and my brother here, so she can do. So all I want to do, I want to be a. I want to own a whole bunch of businesses. I want to own a whole bunch of buildings. Have a whole bunch of employees. So I never feel like an orphan again. That's right. Okay, but here's the crazy part. Okay, you go off. I think you got three master's degrees. Yes, I right. Do. And, and you're heading towards success. You're going out to job interviews to try to get jobs, and you can't get a job, yes. and you discover that your mom is praying against you. That's right. Okay, so tell us about that. <laughs> My mom always praying, God, God, 
let my sons has to work wherever I may be working. And one day I got a, a special interview and I'm traveling to Delhi and I, I got that interview paper, um, paper and I went to my mom and I said, mom, this is my life, this is what I'm going to do. You need to pray for me. Let God may give this job. And my mom prayed like this, Father, you know my heart. Father, you know what my desire and my dreams for my children. But you know, God, this is what I am thinking. But he didn't pray. She didn't pray all, but uh, God, let your will be done. Let my sons, you know where they have to work for your glory. And she didn't pray, God, uh, give this job to my son. She didn't pray that. But she, say, she said, God, let your will be done. You know, God, where my son will be to work for your kingdom. So I went, and again, I failed over there. And uh, I was so much disappointed. And there was a special day in my life. You know, the Bible is very clear that uh, our thoughts are not his thoughts. My plans are not his plans. So one day I was about to die in the water. The Lord has saved me and brought me out. That was the day I met the Lord Jesus Christ. The same day, my cousin also went with me to swim in the river, and he died in the water. But the Lord has given the life to me, so that was the day that I dedicated my life to serve the Lord as long as I live in this world. Hmm. So I make sure everyone got it. You and your cousin were swimming. You both almost drowned. He drowned. He, he drowned. did die and drowned. You almost drowned. And on that day, you said, you know what? I, I think God's got plans for me. Yes. Here's the part I think is incredible because it's just even hard. You end up forgiving your mom. Yes. And today, Harvest India, the ministry that you lead, is your mom's old ministry. That's right. And you took this over, and you begun to lead it. And I want, I want everyone to get a sense of what God has done under your leadership and what he's done to make himself famous with Harvest India. So here, here's the deal. Uh, you ended up, you, raised, you, you lead orphanages. Yes. How many orphanages do you have? We have uh, 23 orphan children homes. We have 1,300 plus children in all those homes right now. Wow. And, and the second largest one of those orphanages has about 150 children in it. Yes. And that's kind of the one that Cornerstone that's has adopted. Right. You're asking us to help Support the children. to take those 150 yes. orphans, yes. sponsor them, yes. uh, and help yeah. Harvest India. Yeah, because I believe the next generation is very, very important. See, as we are here, we need to think about the next generation. If we miss that opportunity, we miss the kingdom of God in next generation. So this is the time for everybody to stepping in to do our best so that the, let the name of Jesus Christ will be lifted high through those children wherever they may go. Okay, so here's the thing, though, about orphanages that I don't know that we understand here in America. A lot of these kids have parents. Mm -hmm. That what's happened is these children have been thrown away. Yes. And often because they're girls. Yes. So tell us about that. Tell us why girls get thrown away in India. Yeah, because most of the times girls has the problem because it costs a lot of money when the time of marriage, the parents has to pay, uh, pay dowry to this girl to get husband. So that's why many girls, they were killed and uh, they were just neglected even when they gave the birth in the hospital. Many mothers, they just left the girl and they walked out. Hmm. So that's why Harvest India has many girls 
in our home. Okay, so it's not uncommon in India for a mother to give birth to a child either in a hospital and get up and leave and leave the, or even just out and just set their child down somewhere and walk away. And even if they can uh, find before if they are going to give birth to girl, they can just uh, do abortion. Hmm. So that's another thing too right now in India. Wow. So here, here's the cool thing. Uh, you're taking 1,300 orphans mm -hmm. in 23 orphanages, and these kids are growing up hearing about Jesus Christ. They're becoming educated. Matter of fact, you were just telling me that some, some of your kids just took a national test yes. and scored really, really well. Tell us yes. about that a little bit. I, I think last March, our, our children, 30 children, they went to these examinations, 10th grade. Uh, Harvest India children, they got 17 A+. Plus. One child, his name is Yesu Babu, he got 503 marks out of 600. That is the distinction. And most of, I think, 28 passed, but 17 got A+, plus, which is very high in our district. And all the newspapers, they have printed our, one of our orphan boy, and uh, even many colleges came, and they asked, we want to give free scholarship to this boy and we want to take into our colleges. Hmm. So here's the part that, that I love about what Harvard's in you. You're not done just because they graduate uh, high school. Matter of fact, uh, you've got this plan where once they graduate, you've got somewhere for them mm -hmm. to go. Yes. So you've got, for your girls, you've got nursing school. Yes, I do. And so tell me about, you got how many nursing schools? Yeah, we have two nursing colleges right now, and we have 220 nurses. So all these girls will go to this nursing program uh, one nursing program will be four years, and another will be two years. So when they have completed that uh, degree, they can go and be a nurse, and they can share Jesus. Hmm. So here's the, here's, this is the part that I think is incredible. These little gals, they go to nursing school, but then what you do is you help to fund and send them out. They go to villages. Now, we're calling them villages, but these, things, these villages have like 20,000 people. But That's when right. you're a country of one point. Two billion, then 20,000 looks like a little village. But you send these nurses to villages where they have no medical care. That's right. The doctor goes with them. He goes, pneumonia, and then sticks them with a shot. But uh, it's crazy. But in the midst of all this, they share the gospel. Totally. They, every, they go, so these nurses are going free clinics, and they're telling the story yes. of Jesus as they go. Yes. Okay? Then uh, your boys grow up, and they can either go to trade school mm -hmm. or you send them to university, yes. but you're telling me that most of your boys end up going to one of your Bible colleges. Bible college. How many Bible colleges do you have? We have seven Bible schools. Last year, 132 uh, students have graduated from our Bible schools. Okay. So you're, the picture, most these orphan boys are growing up. A majority of them are deciding to go into ministry and become pastors. That's right. Last year, you sent out 132 young men yes. who had graduated your Bible college to go plant churches, churches in communities. That's right. Okay. Now, here's the deal. 132 brand new churches started. I'm sure you gave them tons and tons of money to go. Wait, okay. I, I gave nothing. I gave a bicycle. I gave a drum. I gave light. And I gave Bible and some gospel books that will help to reach the villages and uh, preach the gospel. Okay, so let me get this right. 132 young men graduated Bible college going off to start their own church. You gave them a bicycle. You gave them a Bible. 
And, and if they were really, really lucky, you gave them a water buffalo. Water, water buffalo. And you said, go! <laughs> if they are lucky. <laughs> That's the plan. That's right. Yes. And you started 132 new churches last yes, year. Yes, yes. With orphan boys who grew up and went to your Bible college. Yes. We have altogether 1,400 churches of network right now. Wow. That's just, that's just mind-blowing, Suresh. Now, here, here's another thing that I thought was really cool because we got a chance to watch this. One of the strategies you use is that you go to a lot of these communities before you send the young man mm-hmm. to start the church, and you dig a well. Yes. Because water in India is a big deal. Yes. Now, guys, here, I'm just going to tell you. Water, water in India comes from a ditch. There's these big ditches running through. And the water buffalo and all their animals go in the ditch. And when I say they go in the ditch, I mean they go in the ditch. And, and the women wash their clothes in the ditch. And all the bathrooms, kind of their plumbing heads down to the ditch. And then some of the people are taking water out of the ditch to cook with. So clean water is a big deal yes. in India. And so you go into that community, you put a well, and here's the crazy part about it. Because of the caste system and, and because people are born into an order and then that's where you have to stay, the lowest order is the Delit. And you're going into Delit, you're going into the untouchable communities and you're digging wells and these people are in shock, they're in awe that someone is doing something kind to them yes. because nobody in India will even talk to them. Right. And you're digging a well for them. And I've been, guys, I've been there. When people come out by the hundreds when they dedicate these yes. wells. And while you're dedicating the well, you share the gospel. Yeah, because water is life and very, very important. And many villages, there is no access of clean drinking water. Sometimes even women or men, they walked miles and miles to get the drinking water. So Harvest India has the slogan which we have adapted from Dr. William Booth. Dr. William Booth, he said, he's the founder of the Salvation Army Mission. He said, soup, soap, and salvation. If somebody is hungry, you go and give a cup of soup. And after that, you give a soap to clean their bodies. Then you talk about Christ and his love. So we don't want to go and just tell them that Jesus died for you. So always we go and we find the need, and we try to meet the need, whatever it may be, so that they can see what, how Jesus is good uh, in, in front of them. That's why Harvest India, we, Harvest India goes there and we drill the wells. And most of the times people come and they ask, why you are doing this? What you are, uh, what you are doing here? Um, who sent you? Who did send you here? Then we tell that Jesus Christ, he sent us to give this water well. They, they, most of the time they ask, which political party this Jesus belongs? <laughs> it is funny and uh, friends even more than half billion people in India they never heard the name of Jesus Christ mm. 70,000 people every day dying without Christ in India 500,000 villages in India still there is no gospel work hmm. here's the part that I think is genius about the whole well thing you buy a piece of land, you put the well on it, but what you know is that's where you're going to build the church. Yes. So the whole community has to come to the church that's right. to get their water, and then you tell then them we'll about Then we'll start a church. There you go, and you tell them about Jesus. <laughs> right. I, very cool, yeah. Now, 
I've been there. I mean, guys, I, I've been there, and I've watched when they're dedicating these wells, and there's a, there's, there are wells in India right now, and there's a plaque on that well, so every time someone comes to get water, here's what it says. This well given by Cornerstone Christian Fellowship in the name of Jesus Christ. And it's just a cool, cool thing that is happening there in India. Now, here's the deal. Not everybody's excited about you guys coming. Matter of fact, the majority of this country is Hindu. The majority of this country resents mm -hmm. uh, your young men coming in to start churches. So although there's a, there's a part that's very open to the gospel, there's a part that's very resistant to the gospel. Oh, yeah. And for a young man to go start a church in one of these villages often means that he's going to get beat. It's a Tell us about that. It's a very challenging to go and pioneer a church because most of that village are Hindus and the second largest community is Muslims. So Christians are very less. But these pastors, they knew that they are going to face the battle there. But when they go, but God is using them powerfully with the signs and wonders. When our pastor go and when he prayed for the sick people, sick people immediately healed by God. So those are the things that village is watching and coming to the saving knowledge of Christ. Hmm. Here's the part, though, that I want, I want us to grasp this morning. Every one of these young men graduating Bible college leaves with their bicycle and their Bible, yeah. fully expecting that they will be beat yes. for sharing the gospel of Jesus. Totally. See, this is, this is we, th we think we're being persecuted in America if someone laughs at us. So this is, this is different for us. Yes. Okay. Not only are you guys starting churches, 1,400 churches yes. you guys have started in India. You guys are rescuing prostitutes. Yes. So I, I, when we were watching the video just a little while ago, you saw the women using the sewing machines. Every one of those women was a former prostitute because you guys are going down into the red light district you're going to gals who've been caught in the sex trade, and you're saying to them, there is an op there's an option. There is hope in Jesus Christ. You're rescuing these women out. You're sharing the gospel of Jesus with them, and then you're teaching them a trade. And what we saw them doing, uh, they were sewing pajamas. Yes. And then those pajamas get sold in the United States yes. so that those women have an income and don't have to go back to prostitution. Right. Tell us a little bit about that. So we have a partnership with the International Princess Project in California. So they gave orders to Harvest India. We have nearly 100 women in two centers. They are uh, stitching PJs, pajama uh, bottoms in India. So we send here so that they can sell and they can send the money back so that all those women, they have money and they can stand on their own feet uh, with dignity so that they may not go back to those um, red light areas anymore. Hmm. So. You're, you're, they're sewing pajamas, yes. and I'm hearing right now that in L.A., the coolest pajamas to have are International Princess Project, Project. pajamas. That's right. And then these gals are being rescued out of yes. uh, prostitution. And guys, I'm just gonna, they took us to the red light district during the day, and I am glad we went during the day. But I, can, I don't know how to describe to you the conditions that these women are in, but imagine the most broken-down shed you've ever seen in someone's backyard. The floors are dirt. You can see through the walls. And then they'll hang a couple curtains on the inside so they can take this little 10 by 10 shed and break it into about four pieces. And the women go into each of the four corners and are servicing the men. And it is just 
dark and horrible and unthinkable. Harvest India is rescuing these women, teaching them a trade so they don't have to go back. But here's the part I just found, Mark. A lot of these women, you're finding husbands for them. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah, we have 1,400 churches of network, so we asked our pastors to find the husbands. So our pastors are gracious and kind, and uh, they are helping. So some women, they got husbands. And so you go to the man, and you say, I have a wife for you, and there you go. <laughs> yes. Arranged marriage. Arranged marriage. Yeah, there you go. All right. That's right. So, and not only you guys are doing that, okay, um, you guys are ministering to hundreds of lepers every yes. single month. Yes. So I get there. I've been off the plane like a 10 hours, and you come, and you say, Lynn, uh, we're going to go do leper ministry. And I'm like, oh, boy. And you sent us out, and leper ministry is hundreds of lepers coming. You guys provide them with food yes. and medical treatment. And, and we're out there putting hands on nubs and praying over lepers. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Harvest India is helping uh, leprosy people every month, 320 right now. Because, you know, leprosy is still alive and active, and there are... Those people, they did not have hope. They are totally untouchable. Even they came from different villages uh, to this camp every month, and we just blessed them with uh, um, breakfast, lunch, and uh, we give a bag of grocery and money we give them so that they can live. And you tell them about else. Jesus. Some, yes, that's always our deal. Yeah. And then here's the last one. This one just blows my mind, uh, Suresh. You had some Hindu people come to you and give you a college. Yes. Okay? So here they are. They're Hindu. They're not, they're not believers. They're Hindu. They are struggling with their college. They handed you a college with a thousand Hindu young ladies in it and said, here, and now you're running this college and sharing Jesus with a thousand Hindu college students. Totally. Tell us about that. Actually, this college have given um, before last year to Harvest India. This college have been running almost 18 years with this Hindu society. Even the college also named after a Hindu god. So these people came one day to my home and uh, they asked a lot of questions. And they said, uh, we would like to hand over this college to Harvest India. And will you take care? I was shocked. That was the, my dream and... Uh, that was I am looking for, but, it, but that cost tons of money to start a college and to get all that uh, facilities and um, uh, lab and library, books, it cost tons of money. They came and they said, we want to give this. Uh, will you do this? I said, I'm very happy to do that. <laughs> and there is no strings attached. And I told that I am a Christian, we share Jesus. We will do this, we will do that. They said, whatever you want to do, it's fine to us. So, wow, isn't that cool? So now, not only is the leadership and the administration of this school Christian, but you've got kids coming from your orphanage now as students, so now these girls are hearing from other fellow students about Jesus Christ Amen. inside of this college, which is yes. just remarkable. It's very amazing because those are the young people. They go out and they share the love of the Lord Jesus Christ in the future. Hmm. I believe that is the second generation hmm. going to stand in the gap. Suresh, what do, you, what do you want to say to Cornerstone today? What do you want to tell us? Uh, I would like to tell to everybody today, we have to remember the price Christ has paid for each one of us. 
the reason he paid because there is a lot of expectations on each one of us i'm always telling the redemption and forgiveness is free but same time that demands lot of work from you and from me jesus said go and preach my gospel jesus said share my love to the world so you have to remember the price christ has paid on the cross for you so that you may be a blessing for somebody who are outside that's very very important because the bible is telling when we see book of james is very clear we are not listeners of the word and deceiving ourselves but we are the doers of the word friends i can tell you christianity is not a religion to practice christianity is the relationship and walking with god and walking in the footsteps of jesus so that we can feel his heartbeat and touch many lives in the days to come hmm. and number 3 this is the time that we need to step out this is the time that we have to do better job for the kingdom of god there are many opportunities outside millions of people dying without hope and shelter and love and broken so we are the people god has called us for the purpose so that's why we have to stand i'm encouraging everybody this is the time to step out hmm. suresh thank you thank you for making jesus famous in india thank you, thank you for letting cornerstone be part of it thank you and god bless you thank you love you god bless you thank you thank you thank you Hey guys, I so real real quick, go ahead and take a seat. I think most of us got a card like this when you came in. If you didn't, I think they're going to come down the aisles right now. You can raise your hand, you can grab one. Here's the deal. Look, no pressure. I I I'm just going to ask you to pray. I'm just going to ask you to consider and say, did God lay something on my heart today and 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 did I come to a moment where I just said, look, what would it mean for me to leverage part of what God has trusted me with to make Jesus famous in India uh through a ministry called Harvest India. So just real quickly on the card and again guys it's up to you you decide if God's speaking to you or not. $35 you can sponsor one of those orphan children. And Harvest India has asked us to sponsor their second largest orphanage, 150 kids. We got 150 in Kenya. How cool would it be if we did the 150 in India and took care of that? But $35 a month. $70 pays either for one of those girls to go to nursing school. or one of those young men to go to Bible college $70 a month and you and I are going to change India because those kids are going to go out and share the gospel and then finally $140 a month it takes i think it's about 16 17 1800 to dig that well so for $140 a month by the end of the year you'll have sponsored a well you and your family will done that and eventually there'll be a church on that site proclaiming the gospel in that village because you and I made a well available. So there it is. You pray about it, you think about it, okay? It's it's totally up to you. Do not put this in the offering plate. You take it outside, you give it to a booth. And here's what here I'm just going to be bold and say this. I'm asking you to do this beyond what you normally give. I'm I'm asking you to be generous. So don't take what you normally give to church and just divert it. That's not generous. 
Generous is when you say, I'm going to fulfill my, prom- my promises and my commitments here. This is what I'm doing beyond because I'm trusting God with what he's put in my... So you think about it, you pray about it. It's up to you. It's completely whatever God would speak to you to do. Here's the, here's the thing I, I don't want us to miss in the moment in the conversation. How remarkable is it that a young man who was placed in an orphanage by his mom so that she could go do ministry who had every right to be bitter and angry at her and bitter and angry at God, chose instead to forgive and in turn to make that God famous. And and look what God is doing through that one person. And what does it mean for you and I to simply say, in whatever place God has placed me, whether that's at Intel or whether that's teaching in a school or wherever, what would it mean for you and I to make God famous wherever he assigned us? Matter of fact, let me read this passage to you real quickly. This is Jesus speaking again, and here's what he says. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. What does it mean for you and I to maybe get a little more serious, a little more sold out to making Jesus famous where you and I are. Let's pray. Hey, dear Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for a church that, that gets it and that is just absolutely bought in to telling the story of Jesus Christ. And God, thank you that you've given us the the privilege of touching and influencing Chandler. I just wonder what it would be like if we took it up a notch. If we simply said, I get it. I get this is why I'm here. I get this is why I'm part of Cornerstone. To make Jesus famous. That I would open my mouth and say out loud, I am a follower of Christ without apology that I would live my life out loud, that we would grow up and become so mature, so much like Jesus, that people would see Jesus in us and feel like they had met him because they had met us. We would change Chandler. And God, what if we took some of the resource that you've given to us and gave it, gave it to Mama Sapora? gave it to Suresh and just simply said, go, make Jesus famous in Kenya and make him famous in India. Because we get that all of this that we have wasn't intended just for us. So God, speak to our hearts today. Help us to realize this is our moment. This is our chance to make Jesus famous. In your precious name, amen.